It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And speaking of fast hundreds, let's not forget the Lake Road David Hooks. Fastest recorded authentic centering first class history. 100 from, well, initially 34 balls, but apparently it's been revised out of 35 balls. Historians have gone over it again, so even still, 35 balls. South Australia needed 270 off 30 overs. This was in 1982. Uh, Sincock, Paul Sincock from Victoria. Uh, Hooks took out his frustration by scoring most of the 128 that came off the first 10 overs. Dismissal for 177, which is in 55 minutes, ended South Australia's hopes of victory. But there, 100 off 35 balls. Hooks here. Bondi Jack, how soft are the Kings? They led by 10 points, 20 to 10, then coughed up a 28 point capitulation, 26 to 54, to trail 64 46 and 74 56. Two weeks ago, they led by 18 points, got lapped, choked four or five big leads. James Smith is a mock, says Bondi Jack. Did I, I didn't see it, but I was sort of tracking this online that Angus Glover sort of gone back in the game. They didn't give him any minutes in the final quarter. So they went down to the Bullets, who were down the bottom of the table at the time, 101 to 93, the Sydney Kings. So now they're clinging on to fourth spots. And Melbourne United on top and the Wildcats, haven't they risen? They're in second ahead of the Jack Jumpers third. Then the Kings, the Illawarra Hawks, another team flying, uh, thanks to Jason Tatum's dad taking over as coach. Then the Bullets are now up to sixth. Then the Phoenix seventh, Breakers, Taipans and 36ers. 0457 736 Nathan, just before we get to two-buck chuck to wrap up all the NFL action. Jules, while we're throwing names around, why has no one mentioned Alex Carey to open? Opens in the shorter form, struggles to get runs anyway, doesn't give big impact late, yet needs to be in the team. Yeah, you're going to open the batting with your keeper, though. It's, uh, you know, imagine spending a couple of days in a hot field if you're getting lapped, and then you've got to come out and open. Don't think it's going to happen. Love him as a player. He's a great guy, too, Alex Carey. He's got pretty decent technique. All right, the NFL, the final game of the regular season, final round of the regular season, I should say, too, Buck Chuck. These games are just starting to wrap up. Yeah, uh, hello again to you, Jules. We just got the one match left, and that's the Miami Dolphins playing the uh, Buffalo Bills. That starts 20 minutes after we go off air. But those 8 a.m., 8.30 games uh, that were slated, they've now ended. So we've got the Green Bay Packers winning over their bitter rivals, the Chicago Bears. That was 17-9. to The Green Bay Packers have clinched the final playoff spot in the NFC. Uh, the Cowboys smashing the Washington Commanders 38-10. to They have won the NFC East division title. So they are the number two seed in the NFC. Uh, and then the Las Vegas Raiders uh, winning over the Denver Broncos, 27-14. to 14. Neither of those teams will feature in the playoffs. Uh, the New York Giants smashing the Philadelphia Eagles who have really just slid down. Uh, that was 27-10, to 10, that final score. The Seahawks, well, they needed to win and give themselves a chance uh, to make the playoffs. Uh, this game was against the Arizona Cardinals, 21-20. But because of that win by the Packers, uh, they unfortunately won't feature in the playoffs. 
the LA Rams beating the San Francisco 49ers. Both teams are already locked in for the playoffs. 49ers with the number one seed anyway. Uh, that game 21-20. And the Chiefs, uh, the second string Chiefs, Kansas City, uh, winning 13-12 to against the LA Chargers. Now, if we look at the playoff picture, so the NFC is set. So the uh, San Francisco 49ers are the number one seed. So they will get the first round bye. So this is what we'll have. We'll have the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions hosting the LA Rams, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's in the NFC. And then in the AFC, it's not quite set yet, but we've got the Baltimore Ravens. They're the number one seed. They'll get the bye. Uh, the number two seed is still up for grabs. That's the Buffalo-Miami game. Whoever wins that game will host uh, Pittsburgh, uh, who are the seventh seed. Kansas City will then host the loser of Miami and Buffalo and uh, the Houston Texans who clinched that uh, AFC South title as we heard from Ben Graham earlier in the show. They will host the Cleveland Browns. So out of those 14 teams, Jules, we will get a Super Bowl champion. I've been a fan of the Ravens for quite some time. They're at long odds. People were talking about them enough. I know Laurie Horish, who's a regular contributor to this program, he, he's been on them for a while. I know the 49ers still got a lot of admirers too. I just... You know, they stay fit and they rest a lot of their players against that Pittsburgh side or in that Pittsburgh game. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, that superstar. So that's who I like. But I'll probably put the mock on them now. Just before we get to your texts again, do you remember that song, Heaven Must Be Missing an Angel, Chuck? Have you heard that tune? No, I can't no. say. I think can't it's from the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. Heaven must be missing an angel. The name of that band was Tabaret. <laughs> I think it, yeah, funnily enough, it's not a slow song. I, I think it has an S on the end, Tavares, but I think it's pronounced Tavares. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But Tavares, heaven must be missing an angel. It's all come back full circle. Yeah, we'll play that tomorrow for our lucky mm. listeners. Separate topic, Jules, Rooster Man. My late father told me Neil Harvey was the most classical test player he saw live. I never saw him, but he apparently was amazing. Doesn't ever get much of a mention. I'm a big fan of Neil Harvey. He was always the renter quote during the Steve War era. Remember Neil Harvey? Always had something to say about the way, or the antics of the team during that time. Left-hander, the last surviving invincible from that 48 tour. And he was the one that was was too shy to talk to Bradman. And so he said to, I think it was Bill Brown, he said, look, you know, if you've got to, you know, I want to ask Bradman some advice, you know, about batting. And Bradman says, don't hit it in the air, don't get out. And I think he got 90 in his next innings. Wonderful player of spin. And this is the thing. I don't know if you remember, it was a few weeks ago, and Crash Craddock had a list of his top 10 Aussie batters of all time. And, you know, all the usuals and Bradman and Ponting and Greg Chappell and Border and Smith and Ward, all that sort of stuff. He had Gilchrist at 10. And I took issue with that. I text Crash and I go, ah, it's all a good fun. I said, mate, huge admirer of Adam Gilchrist. Changed the way the game's played. Wonderful player. You can't possibly have Adam Gilchrist as our 10th greatest batter of all time when a Mike Hussey's not in the list, when a Neil Harvey's not in the list. I mean, Gilchrist is a great player, but I mean, he batted seven. He batted seven behind one of the all-time great batting lineups. So I'm sorry, Crash, you're wrong, but there you go, Rooster Man. Neil Harvey gets, and further to that, I think it might have been a year, year and a half, maybe two years ago, where I mentioned it, and Coach K is like, who's Neil Harvey? What? And the text line lit up like a Christmas tree. Outrage at Coach K. Never heard of Neil Harvey. And then was brought to my attention, and I did confirm it with James Smith, that he'd never heard of body line. So Coach K got a lot of homework to do. Greg from Campbelltown, whoever places Warner, only had to hit one good score once a year. That's all he did. He did a bit more than that. 
for the bulk of his career anyway, Greg, but I take your point. And fastest hundreds by balls. Jack Gregory against South Africa, 67 balls, November 1921. I mean, think about that. Imagine back in 1921 hitting 167 balls. Gilly, of course, 57 balls. Remember that? I distinctly remember that too. That was at Perth. And Matthew Hoggard had taken a Monty Panesar. Tony Gregg, the late Tony Gregg, came in commentary. Matthew Hoggard, well, you know, he'll settle things down now. He's too good a bowler. And the first one just disappeared straight back over his head. He was on that day. He was targeting IVA Richards v England. April 86, 56 balls. Incredible. Mizbarra will hark, and I remember this too. 56 ball, And he was not a noted, noted scorer. In fact, he was... Renowned for being a slow batter, Miss Barrel Hark, the former Pakistan skipper. He's more of a rescuer. And sure enough, 56 balls. And then Brendan McCullum against us, 54 balls. Quite incredible. Two for 32. McCullum got to 370. Got the team to 370. 145 runs of 79 balls at a strike rate of 183.54. And now he's trying to implement that, of course, as the coach of the England cricket team. Isn't that funny? England, their limp performance in the... ODI World Cup because they played so much cricket. Um, hello. We've had less cricket in Australia. And we won it. Skip before the break. Jules, 30 is the new 20 in Australian Test cricket, in my opinion. There isn't going to be the 20-year-old bolter very often moving forward with a flood of white ball cricket all the way through. You play careers, plays careers now. So I think we look at the 30-year-olds and get the best four or five years out of them and look for the next 30-year-old that's proven he's ready for Test cricket. Young players will be found out their technique until they have worked on it through their 20s. Yeah, look, a gun 20-year-old that gets picked and never gets dropped. And let's not forget Bradman got dropped after his uh, first test, I think it was, or second, I can't remember. They're rare. They are very, very rare. And by they probably hit their peak at around 32. Look at Mitch Marsh. Case in point. Well said, Skip. Thank you. 0457 736 736. Breaking back with more summer mornings.